Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at relevantradio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome indeed to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and I hope you're having a good Wednesday. I want to also ask you to pray with me here as we begin the hour today again, just like we did yesterday, if you joined us at this same time yesterday. Prayed for those people who are down in Florida, Georgia, around especially that West Coast area, Um, there's so much that just looks like it's going to have uh, Hurricane Ian really hitting strongly there over the next day, two days, and then heading up north um, through Florida into Georgia. So let's pray for everybody there. Let's pray a Hail Mary in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, want to encourage you to join Father Rocky as uh, today on the Family Rosary Across America. They'll be praying. That'll be their, their top intention, along with taking any intentions that you'd like to call in and share and ask for prayer this evening as well. You can join Father Rocky on the Family Rosary Across America at 7 p.m., uh, Central this evening. So uh, thank you for praying with me. And uh, as we begin the program today, one of the things that I was thinking about this morning, when was the last time that you went to see a show? And I know going to a movie theater is fun, but what I'm really talking about is what's the last live stage show that you've gone to where you get to watch the actors, the performers up there on the stage? I have a daughter who's a freshman in high school, and a couple of weeks ago, she performed in one of a handful of short one-act plays that her school put on. But prior to that, the last show that I saw was going to see a touring Broadway uh, performance of the musical Hamilton. And if you're not familiar with that musical, it's simply the telling of the life story of Alexander Hamilton. And I took my son Elijah, we went and saw it, it was right before COVID hit during that fall. Um, and COVID, you know, all the, the lockdown, shutdown, stay-at-home orders, they started happening there really in that uh, late winter and spring the next year. But the first act of the musical, Hamilton, it focuses on the American Revolutionary War and really follows Hamilton's role in the founding of our nation. And alongside this, then you also see Hamilton's personal life. He falls in love, he gets married, he starts a family. And in the first act, the final song of the first act, it moves into where we see Hamilton. He's starting out as working as a lawyer. And eventually, 
he is brought into the early federal government by George Washington. And this song is called Nonstop. It begins with Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. Both of them, they're working as attorneys in New York. At the very same time, they begin there. And Aaron Burr, his character says in the song, even though we started at the very same time, Alexander Hamilton began to climb. How to account for his rise to the top? Man, the man is nonstop. And then the song, it also highlights where Alexander Hamilton, he gets asked to be part of the Constitutional Convention. And then Aaron Burr, he explains there's this strategy that was employed to help the U.S. citizens get, to get their support in adopting a new constitution for our country. In fact, here, give a listen to this part. Alexander joins forces with James Madison and John Jay to write a series of essays defending the new United States Constitution entitled The Federalist Papers. The plan was to write a total of 25 essays, the work divided evenly among the three men. In the end, they wrote 85 essays in the span of six months. John Jay got sick after writing five. James Madison wrote 29. Hamilton wrote the other 51. And so that theme of writing and writing, it's continued throughout the rest of the musical. Hamilton, he's this prolific writer, sometimes even to his own detriment. He just writes and writes, like the title of the song itself, nonstop. He writes nonstop. And that's one of those traits that we see in people where they are so incredibly passionate about what they're doing in their life. They dedicate almost every waking minute of their day to that one activity or pushing toward that one goal. They aren't afraid of hard work or long hours. You know, we see this with athletes who are training for the Olympics. They focus hours and hours each day to being the best in their event. Even even little details of whatever that particular athletic event is specific little movements that they'll key in on. Their coaches will help them fine-tune that. Their diet, it revolves around that. If you watch some of those backstories on the different competitors, you learn about how almost every part of their day, it just revolves around training for that specific sport. We also see it historically in other people. A great example is Thomas Edison. He stated that all of his inventions were achieved by, quote, having trained myself to be analytical and to endure and tolerate hard work. In his continuous hard work, it resulted in 1,093 U.S. patents at the time of his death. 1,093. And that doesn't even include more patents that he had in other countries throughout the world. So, now take that same work ethic— whether it's Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Edison, somebody training in an athletic event, bring that work ethic into the spiritual life. What could you accomplish if you were dedicated to your spiritual growth in that same manner? In his first letter to the Thessalonian Christians, St. Paul, he uses language that encourages them. And of course, we read it, so it encourages us too, that we should have this same sort of approach to our relationship with God. Paul says, We are to pray without ceasing. Other translations, they read, we should pray constantly. But what does that look like in practice? How do we achieve this? How do we really pray without ceasing? 
How do we do that today and tomorrow and the next day and the day after? Well, this is what we want to discuss on The Inner Life today. And I'm very glad to welcome to the program for his first time here on The Inner Life, Father Adam Keiter. Father Adam is a priest of the Diocese of Wichita. He is the rector of the cathedral there, the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Wichita. Father Adam, welcome to The Inner Life. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Josh. It's good to be here with you. Well, and so since this is the first time that we've had you here on The Inner Life, uh, before we dive into our topic, maybe you can tell us a little about yourself. Um, You know, how did you realize that God was calling you to the priesthood? Um, Have you always been there in Kansas? Yeah, yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, So I grew up, yeah, here in in, uh, Kansas, here in Wichita. I'm a hometown boy, as it were. Um, Grew up in a Catholic family, and when I was younger... I was serious about my faith, went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. Um, I, I, when I was in second grade, for example, I could, the second Eucharistic prayer, I could, I could pray that along with the priest uh, by memory. So I remember that as a memory from uh, my childhood. And, and then as I got a little older, uh, I started focusing on other things in my, in my life. And there was actually a time when I fell away from my faith. And it was in college that I came back. Things kind of hit rock bottom, as it were. And the Lord reached out to me again. I reached out to a priest of the diocese that I knew. And, and in the midst of all of those conversations just about life in general, this desire for the priesthood cropped up again in my life. So I began to talk with him about it. And he eventually told me to, to basically buck up, you know, and think about heading to seminary to try it out. And so I did. Uh, went to Immaculate Heart of Mary Seminary in Winona, Minnesota uh, to finish out my college degree. I got a, a philosophy degree there and then went to Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland uh, for theology, theology studies. And I was ordained a priest May 24th, 2008. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful 14 years thus far. Uh, 14 so, years, yeah. What, um, during those 14 years, what, what's been maybe the most surprising thing for you uh, of being a priest, maybe the the most unexpected, but uh, <laughs> the thing that's brought you maybe oh. some joy. Yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of surprises. I'll say that. Um, I started out here at the cathedral as the as the vicar, and then I went down uh, to Pittsburgh, Kansas, which is in the, the southeast corner of the state of Kansas, and worked at uh, the parish there in Pittsburgh, and then at the Catholic Student Center at Our Lady of Lords Parish, um, or excuse me, Catholic Student Center, St. Pius X Catholic Student Center at Pittsburgh State University. Um, and then I came back here as to the cathedral again as the rector. But I would say one of the most surprising things <laughs> has been that there's just so much that I wasn't able to learn in seminary. And so being a priest is, there's a lot of learning on the job that takes place. But one of the beautiful things is how the Lord really accompanies us in that. And how the Lord really, he, he walks with us and, and, and opens up kind of new vistas for us that we, I don't think we ever thought we would, we would uh, see or enter into in our lives. So the accompaniment of, of, of the Lord Jesus has just been very powerful. And especially in these, in these last years, um, just kind of seeing some things almost anew as a priest. And especially like my own personal relationship with, with the Lord and and my identity as a son of the Father. I mean, those things have come by way of prayer and retreats, and and it's just been really beautiful and wonderful to behold, I would say. Mm. 
thanks for sharing about yourself, Father. So um, we want to look at how we can pray without ceasing. But before we get into how, um, you know, I, it's good to do first things first. We need to make sure that we understand what prayer itself is. And I know we could spend the entire hour just talking about that. You know, what is prayer? How do we pray? But maybe we can just take a few minutes here to talk about what prayer is so that we're all at the same starting point. You know, we have the same framework for the rest of our conversation this hour. So where do you think we should start in having a good understanding of what prayer should be in the life of a Christian? Sure, sure. I think, uh, I would say, you know, the catechism, the catechism is always a great place to start. The fourth section of the Catechism on Prayer is, it really is beautiful. I mean, it reads much like spiritual reading, if one takes their time through it. And all of the the citations, I mean, the citations will lead you back to the scripture, to the writings of the church fathers, uh, to church documents. So there's just a, a treasure trove there in the Catechism. If one wants to know more about prayer, I would say start there and and pray through that section read a little bit and then spend some time in silence if something jumps out to you something moves your heart or grabs your attention you know stop there and pray that's a good way i think to begin to drink in the wisdom of the church it talks about too about prayer from many different angles the the forms of prayer the expressions of prayer and it really gives a better idea of the blessing to which god calls us to in prayer i was thinking too about this uh this morning i think another good resource is you know, the books by Father Jacques Philippe, uh, he's, he's, he's a fine, fine spiritual writer. He's got this book called Thirsting for Prayer, which is really a wonderful entrance, I think, into a life of prayer. And that's a book as well, too, that it's not one of those things that you would want to read through. I think you would just, you would want to pray through it. So read a little bit and then spend some time in silence asking Jesus, Jesus, what are you saying to my soul here? You know, how are you moving my heart? So that's, that's uh, I think, two very good resources to start out with prayer and then yeah well yeah. I, I was just going to say especially the catechism you know that fourth section that you're talking about that deals with prayer um, if somebody's unfamiliar with that it really takes the model prayer that Jesus teaches us the our Father and breaks it down and walks you through that so it you know I it, it's such a wonderful way to inform any other prayer that we do on our own, you know, uh, meditative, uh, uh, you know, vocal prayer, anything that we might approach, we then are able to inform that from how Jesus taught us to pray. And that brings so much richness to when you're in Mass and you're saying the, the Our Father and all of these things, you know, the, the mind just begins to light up with things that you've, you've read about, you've, you've taken in and you've, you know, meditated on. It's just, yeah, it brings a lot of beauty. I think, to one's uh, prayer life, and especially to one's prayer in Mass. So, you know, I would say two, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Father. Well, and I was just going to say, I, I think when it comes to prayer, it seems to me that sometimes we can overcomplicate the matter. Um, prayer, first and foremost, is it's a response to the, the, love, to the love of God. Um, so this is, the Catechism quotes this quote uh, from St. Augustine in section 2560. You know, the Catechism says, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. So God thirsts that we may thirst for him. So anytime someone feels a desire to pray or they feel a pull to prayer, what that means is that God is pouring into the heart of that person a desire for him. And so 
that prayer, prayer is ultimately a response to the love of God, which I think is really beautiful and kind of takes the pressure off that God is first reaching out to you. You know, yeah. prayer is only possible. And it, the scriptures speak of this in 1 John. Um, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God loves us. You know, so it's seeing prayer as a response, I think, is a really is a really helpful way to understand what the Lord is calling us to. He's calling us to respond to his love. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking about that idea of, you know, that quote that God thirsts for us, that we in turn may thirst for him. It makes me think of two moments in scripture. The first is going to be probably the most obvious, Jesus on the cross, where he cries out one of his last words, I thirst. Of course, there's the physical thirst that, you know, is occurring there as he's been beaten, as he, you know, is dehydrated there. But saints and theologians throughout the centuries they have pointed to these words saying that Jesus is also saying that he thirsts for souls. And this takes us back to what you were saying. You know, what is the thirst that God has to be in relationship with us? Not that not that God has any need for anything else. You know, he's not lacking in any way, but this is the thirst that he has. The second place that I think is the woman at the well, where she meets Jesus, and then he talks about this living water that he can give, saying, you know, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give, that person will never thirst. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, working with the college kids down at Pittsburgh State University, we used to every year go to Chicago to work with the missionaries of charity in their soup kitchen. We would do that during our spring break, and, you know, the missionaries of charity in every one of their soup kitchens, their chapels, their, their houses underneath the crucifix, uh, Mother Teresa stipulated that we, the words should be placed, I thirst. So right under the, the wound, if you will, uh, the right under the wound of the corpus, the side wound of the corpus. So seeing those words, you know, on the, on the wall, right by, right by the crucifix, is such a powerful reminder that Jesus, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, that they thirst for our love. And um, yeah, the uh, the woman at the well. I don't know if you've seen the chosen, but that was that was the first clip I ever saw of the chosen. A, a friend called me and asked me if I'd seen it, and he said, "You got to look up the woman on the well the, from the chosen." And I think it was so well done. It's just very very beautiful. Jesus there asking, "Would you give me a drink?" You know, and what he desires most is he desires that his his heart is satiated by the love of the woman. So. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, as we talk about how we understand what prayer is, um, we also, St. Paul will tell us, we don't know how to pray as we should, as we ought to pray. And that when we don't, when we don't have the right words, when we aren't able to pray the way we should, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings and helps to bring our prayers the way they should be prayed to God the Father. And I I mean, again, I think this goes back to, you know, we didn't love God first. God loved us. He's the one thirsting for our soul before we ever even realized maybe we were thirsty for something. We, you know, that that um, we are restless until we rest in God. And so this this idea that God not only through Jesus and the Our Father teaches us how to pray, but we, we still don't have a complete grasp. We don't have the proper understanding of how to pray, so the, the Holy Spirit is going to help us out even in that moment where 
You know, we think we kind of have it, but we don't really. And and God's on the receiving end, but he's also supporting us in the activity of our praying. Yeah. I, it just, For me, it just put, you know, the catechism speaks about how humility is the foundation of prayer. And the, this realization, what you're talking about, we don't, we don't know how to pray. We don't know how to even start, and we don't know how to carry it through to completion. So the Lord pours his grace into our hearts so that we might do both. It just points to the fact that God wants us to pray more than we do, more than we desire it. And he desires it as, as an outpouring of his love. So I, I really believe that that humility or that realization is helpful to us because it takes the pressure off. So when somebody wants to start a life of prayer, they should know, first and foremost, they should know that God desires that more than they do, infinitely more than they do. And so he will give every grace, every blessing, every mercy will be poured into their hearts. That's really comforting, I think. Yeah, and I think it also then, it allows us to approach prayer in not a look what I'm doing for God kind of attitude, but wow, look at how God is helping me, even in this moment where he's wanting something from me, he knows I can't deliver it perfectly, and he's still going to help me out. Um, you know, that that really, I think, helps us to have that humility that we need in prayer, to recognize I'm not God. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not in right. charge, I'm not in control. Uh, even when I maybe deceive myself and try and trick myself to thinking I'm in more control than I really am of things around me, but everything really goes back to God and through God. Yeah. Yeah. There's in the last few years, I've come across a book called I believe in love, uh, by father Jean Del Bay. It was, it was really his retreat that he gave to the sisters of Lisieux, um, many years ago on the spirituality of St. Therese of Lisieux. And he talks about just, humble confidence in Jesus that, you know, the, the little way of St. Therese that, you know, Therese recognized that she had these, these great aspirations, but she didn't have the strength to follow through with any of them. And she wanted to be lifted to the spiritual heights. And she recognized that it had to be Jesus who would lift her up in that, in that regard and that he would do that. And he wanted to do that. And I think it's, there's something very, very healthy in recognizing these deeper desires of our hearts and knowing that even though we have these deeper desires, we can't fulfill them on our own, but Jesus can, and he wants to. And so, yeah, it, uh, it really keeps us in, the, I think, of the proper frame of mind. So. Our spiritual director today is Father Adam Kiter. He is a priest in the Diocese of Wichita, Kansas. And today we're talking about prayer very specifically. We're going to be talking about how we follow that, that encouragement from St. Paul that we pray without ceasing, that prayer is constantly part of our lives. And how has that happened for you? What are ways that you incorporate prayer into your daily routine? How have you brought prayer into areas of your life maybe that aren't as conducive for praying? Or maybe you have a question about how to maintain this kind of a prayerful attitude, that approach throughout your day. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Adam. 888-914-9149 is the phone number here. 888-914-9149. Our conversation continues in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. 
We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters Studio Line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, today talking with Father Adam Kider. He's the rector of the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Wichita, Kansas. Today talking about prayer and very specifically talking about how we can pray constantly in our lives. And, you know, maybe you've got those times that you set aside for prayer in your day, in your week, But how do we have that attitude so that every moment of our day that we are in that constant communication, that constant dialogue with God? Well, we'd also like to welcome you into the conversation if you have a question about how to deepen that experience of prayer at all times through your life. You're welcome to call in and speak with Father Adam, 888-914-9149, Our email address is innerlife at relevantradio.com. So, Father, talked about what prayer is before the break here, and, um, you know, talked about the Catechism, uh, the book you recommended from Jacques Philippe, um, the humility that we need in prayer, and even the fact that we don't necessarily know how to pray the way that we should, and which also means that, you know, does this seem like it's kind of a defeating proposition? If I don't know how to pray as I should, will I ever really know how to pray (laughs) as I should in this lifetime? how, how do we even approach that? Yeah, I, it's, it can seem like that. I, you know, I understand how it can seem like that to some people that, well, if I don't know how to do it, then why should I start in the first place? But again, I think we have to go back to the benevolence and the mercy of our Lord, that God wants us to live in union with him and relationship with him infinitely more than we desire it. And so he gives, as giving that grace, Yes, he really can teach a person how to pray. He really can teach a person how to hear his voice and to discern which is his voice and which is not his voice, you know? Um, So there can be a lot of confidence in that, that Jesus will teach one, he'll guide one, and he'll take one along the way. And I think that's what we see in the lives of the saints, for example. You know, especially those saints like the Carmelite saints, for example, who talk about you know, the, the spiritual life, the, the, the three ages of the spiritual life, as it were, you know, that there, there can be a progression in one's interior life. And that's really what the Lord desires. The Lord desires to bring us to contemplation where we can just rest in the presence of, of God and we can just take in the good things that he wants to give us and, and be with him. I think of a, yeah, St. John. I mean, St. John leaning his head on the chest of our Lord, you know, mm-hmm. St. John, he, he was able to just drink in the, the good things coming from the heart of, heart of our Savior. And that's really where the Lord wants to lead us to. Well, and as you're talking about that we can get to a point where we are able to rest, it, 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 it makes me think back to kind of what I was saying, you know, maybe that 
Olympic athlete who is training for something, early on when they first start off, they're going to have to really be focused on, you know, the form, the technique, you know, different things that they have to really master at the beginning. But as they get better and better in that particular event, that sport, it starts to look effortless. And it becomes to a degree that way. I mean, there's still the energy that they're putting forth. But there's a reason that, you know, when we watch somebody who's really good at something or, or maybe take a musician, somebody who really knows how to play the violin or play the piano or play whatever instrument. And when they started, however young they were, maybe they were five, six, seven years old. But now if they're 30 or 40 years old, it looks effortless. Yeah, there's still a bit of concentration, but they can just enjoy being in the song and letting the song flow through them that they've worked on for months or maybe even a couple of years. And I would think in the same way, the more time that we spend in praying, the more that we can enter into that place where it's not so much about form or technique or you know the, the parts that comprise what's happening as much as we can just enjoy being in that that space of prayer. Precisely, yeah. There's the adage, practice makes perfect. You know, I don't know if, if it makes, I don't know if practice makes us perfect in anything, but it, it definitely makes us uh, better at certain things. So the more one, the more time one spends in prayer, the more their heart becomes attuned to communicating with the Lord. And the more their heart becomes attuned to listening to those inner movements and, and understanding really how the Lord is, is working in their lives. And so, yes, a person, a person can grow in that, and it becomes easier, as it were. Now, that's not to say that there's not difficulties and temptations along the way. Right, one's, right. one's, you know, temptations when they're beginning out in the, the spiritual life will be, you know, likely different than their temptations when they're farther along that path. But the Lord gives the grace for the particular time. Well, so, yeah. So let, let's talk about then, you know, this really obviously leads into this theme of how we should pray without ceasing. And there's a couple places that we see St. Paul talk about this very specifically. Uh, one of them is toward the end of his first letter to the, to the Thessalonians. And maybe before we talk specifically about what he's saying there, is there anything about the context of this letter that you think is important to understand that helps us see what Paul is saying to us here in our contemporary society, our contemporary Christian culture? Yeah, I think in Thessalonians, Paul is exhorting his readers or his listeners to be vigilant. He's exhorting them to pay attention to the things that they do in every aspect of, of their lives and to see that everything can be turned towards preparing and being ready for the coming of Christ. And so he says, you know, in, in verse 14, for example, 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, you know, we exhort you, brethren, admonish the elders, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. He just goes through this laundry list. See that none of, your, none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. And then that's when he comes to the pray, praying always statement. Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So he's really talking about it in terms of vigilance. We need to be intentional about our relationship with Jesus Christ. We need to be intentional about the, the, the state of our soul. 
the world in which we live tries to convince us that God is one thing among many. But the reality is, is God is the, should be the most important. He should be the very core and center of who we are. And if that's the case, then that means that prayer is the most important type of communication that we can enter into. It's the most important thing we can do because it leads us to God. So it's like Martha and Mary, you know, Mary chose the better part. And choosing prayer is choosing the better part. Mm. So I, I, the other place that Paul says something very similar is at the end of his letter to the church in Ephesus. And he has that same sort of combination that you're talking about. Be watchful, keep alert, be vigilant as he's speaking there. I also think it's kind of interesting that these two times where Paul is speaking on these similar themes of be watchful and always pray, um, they're at the end of the letters. We have this kind of fascination in our world with the last words that are spoken by someone before they die. You know, there's this kind of implication that if someone knows this is the last thing that they can say, it will be maybe one of the most important things they could say at that moment, what they want to communicate before all communication ends. So when St. Paul says to stay strong, to persevere in the spiritual journey, and to never stop praying. It almost seems to me as if he's saying, if you pay attention to nothing else, at least listen to my final words here to you. Do you think that might be happening in this in these letters? Yeah, I think that's a really good way to look at it, actually. Um, because if somebody, let's say, you know, somebody was listening to Paul's letter being read out loud, you know, to the community there in F. Uh, in Ephesus. Yeah, even if they missed everything else, if they caught that one thing that I need to sp- I need to spend time in prayer, I need to seek to pray always. Well, the beauty the beauty is is that the Holy Spirit will teach everything that Paul was speaking about. And the Holy Spirit will do it in a way that conforms to the particular personality of the person, to the particular gifts that have been given and to the circumstances that so on and so forth. So I do think that's probably why he put those things at the very end. That makes a lot of sense to me, is that he was he was saying, now, I'm going to leave you with the most important uh, advice that I can, and that's to always be going before the Lord in prayer. So we've got, you know, these couple places where we have this combination, stay vigilant, keep praying. What do you think it really looks like then in our lives to pray without ceasing and and what can help us to enter into this kind of reality in our lives sure you know prayer i mean it's 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 meant to be the very core of our relationship with god so uh, the breath of the soul the heartbeat of a of a true rhythm of life lived with god so to pray constantly well, let me just say this. To pray in general is a principally about a, a disposition as opposed to an action. So, a res- as we talked about earlier, a response, right? So it's about, first and foremost, a heart that is open to God in all things. So a heart that is open to God in all things. And, you know, there's a book that I'm gonna, we're going to be talking about here in just a second called The Way of the Pilgrim, where it really does talk about, you know, ceaseless prayer. That's what the whole book is about. Um in the book, the, the, there's one of the characters speaks of prayer as, or the basis of prayer is a constant awareness of God's presence. You know, so a heart open to God in all things, a constant awareness of God's presence. In order to begin to pray, these 
these are the things that we should be cultivating in our lives. This openness, this awareness to God. And then with that openness and that awareness there as the basis for prayer, then it becomes very easy to lift up our hearts and our minds to God in an act of the will. We really, we can choose to turn our hearts and our minds to God. And this is something that can be done while we're, while we're doing other things. We don't have to be sitting in, in silence. We don't have to like shut, every, shut the world out. We can, in the middle of some form or activity, we can turn our hearts and our minds to God, lift up our hearts and our minds to God so that we're there present with him. And he's, you know, maybe more properly said, present with, present with us. So I think it's, it's to be willing to elevate our inner lives, elevate our inner lives to something more than just the worldly mundane level. So, uh, so and, and we're going to have to take a, a break here in just a second, but that lifting of the heart and the mind to God that you're talking about, you know, that disposition, if that's something that is completely new for me, you know, if, okay, I've... I've said morning prayers, or I say prayers before meals, or, you know, I go to Mass, and of course I'm, I'm engaged in the prayer there. Um, maybe I say a prayer with my spouse or my family at different points, but those are really compartmentalized through my day. What are some ways that you would recommend for somebody who has that kind of compartmentalized prayer approach to their day that they can start making this lifting of their heart, their mind to God, that it becomes, it, it fills in those other parts of the day where there isn't maybe the formal prayer that's happening. Sure. I would say first and foremost, I would look at those times when a person is praying already, and I would try to get to the core and really to, to the essence of what's happening in those moments. So if a person is praying before their meals, if they're praying with their spouse, you know, and they've got those moments throughout the day. I would say, first of all, strive to become more aware of what you're doing in the moment. So, you know, have a conversation with your spouse, for example, about how when we take time to pray, this is when God is inviting us to slow down so that he can begin to pour his love into our hearts and into our marriage, you know, uh, into the family life, whatever. So, being more mindful of what's really happening in those moments, I would say, would be step number one. Step number two is, is I think, this, this realization that God is calling you to this. So I don't think there can be a real life of discipleship or a real Christian life lived without prayer. In fact, I don't even know what that would look like. So God is calling every Christian, every disciple, he's calling us to pray. And he's calling us to be with him, just like he... He called his friends, you know, the apostles and the disciples. He wanted, he wanted them to live with him. You know, it's, the, it's, that beautiful, it's that beautiful phrase from the gospel, like when he just says to, to one of the uh, apostles, well, come and see. Come and see where I'm living. Come and observe what my life is like. Come and be a part of my life. And so Jesus is calling you to this. So he's calling you into this more throughout your day. It's not just about you know, offering prayers here and there. It's really understanding what is the core of the Christian life about. The core of the Christian life is to be with Jesus. Our spiritual. And when we're with Jesus, we're the Father. You know? 
Yes, Father, um, need to take that other break here that uh, we got to get to. And again, our spiritual director, Father Adam Keiter, he is a priest in the Diocese of Wichita, Kansas, and talking about praying without ceasing today, how we have that disposition that Father is talking about, where we are able to continually be lifting our heart, lifting our mind to God. How have you done this in your life? What are ways that you have been able to bring that disposition, that attitude into those times where it's not it's not set up formal prayer, but into areas maybe of your life that aren't even as welcoming or as conducive for praying, so that you're constantly in that dialogue, that communication, that relationship with God. Maybe you have a question about how to maintain this kind of disposition, this prayerful attitude throughout your day, you're welcome to call and speak with Father Adam, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, and we'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today, we'd like to thank Anthony, who's listening in Wisconsin, for donating his Suzuki. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating your old vehicle today by visiting relevantradio.com car. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, today talking with Father Adam Keiter. He's the rector of the Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in Wichita, Kansas, and also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149 as we talk about how we can have this disposition of praying constantly, praying without ceasing, as St. Paul tells us to do. And uh, before we get back to our conversation, I mentioned this yesterday, um, and if you haven't gotten your free book from Patrick Madrid, it's called Inquisition, and the quiz part is the <laughs> the primary thing there. Um, Patrick has written this book that has all of these different questions about the faith, but then he goes through each little section and gives the answers and some of the background, the explanation or you know resources where you can learn a little bit more about what you're being quizzed on. And it covers so many different aspects of the faith. But the best part is this book is absolutely free and you can get yours, but we're not going to be offering them after this week. So you've only got a couple days left here. If you haven't got it, go to our website, relevantradio.com or you can get it on the Relevant Radio app. You'll see where there's a a little banner that you can click there and just tell us where to send it and who you are, and we'll send you your free book from Patrick Madrid right away. Uh, Again, our phone number here to call into the show and speak with Father Adam, 888-914-9149, Father, let's talk to Charlene, who's calling in from Oakland, California. Hi, Charlene. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, Hi, Father Adam. Um, I wanted. I was. Uh, I was talking to my free, uh, priest friend. Uh, he's my confessor, and just telling him that I was, you know, struggling a little bit with my prayer life and uh, my adoration hour. And he said to do this. And he said, say the come Holy Spirit prayer before in the car on your way to church. And then when you get there, just have 15 minutes of silence, just complete silence. Um, When you go to visit a friend, 
you don't pull out your rosary and your prayer books and yeah. stuff out of your purse. You greet yeah. that friend and uh, just sit in silence with him. Then say the humility prayer and then end in um, praise, petition, and thanksgiving. And it has the 15 minutes of silence has um, increased my efficiency, if you will, of my holy hour tremendously. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds like great advice. Um, it's just so it's a question of I like I like how your priest put it. When you go to greet when you go to visit somebody, you you greet them. You don't start like pull out by pulling out a book and paying attention to something else. It's it's a question of sitting there in the presence of the Lord and allowing the Lord to pour his love into you at that point. And what you're willing to say, it's an act of entrustment really to sit in silence. You're willing to say, Jesus, I want you to do what you want to do in my heart right now. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful yeah. thing is yeah, in that silence, the Lord works in secret. He gets, he goes into the heart when the, when the person gives him their heart, he goes into the heart and he starts reordering things. And we notice the fruits of that often outside of prayer. Charlene, thanks so much for calling in and sharing. And, you know, Father, the other part of that, too, is you're talking about you you allow Jesus to work in that moment. I think there's also the—and I think this goes along with what you're saying—being willing to just listen and be silent there. You know, when if you're going to visit that friend, just like Charlene was saying that she, her spiritual director told her, you don't pull out that rosary or you don't pull out a book. You wouldn't, you wouldn't pull out your phone and start going through social media or, you know, playing uh, solitaire or whatever it is on your phone there as soon as you encounter a friend. So if we have this true relationship, this friendship, you know, that Jesus says, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friend. And if we're in that friendship with Christ, then a dialogue really is what should be happening, not a monologue, not us just constantly talking. Because if you've been in those those situations where somebody just talks, talks, talks about themselves, but they never want to listen to what's happening with you or never ask what's happening with you, it's so one-sided and it, it kind of becomes a bit monotonous after a while. So being able to give that space for Jesus to work, to speak there, that we are really opening up for a dialogue with him, I think is so important as Charlene oh, yeah. was talking there too. Yeah, so important, absolutely. Uh, Father, let's uh, take one more phone call here. Um, getting a little short on time, but Charles is calling in from Roswell, New Mexico. Charles, welcome to the Inner Life. You're on the air with Father Adam. Um, to flip back to the original question, and that is how uh, how to uh, pray incessantly unceasingly, um, I would like to bring in, bring up the uh, 2668 of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2668, which is regarding the use of uh, Jesus' name. And uh, I want to say that I find that when I'm distracted, uh, doing what it says to do, which is repeatedly using Jesus' name, helps to focus, bring you down, focus. When I'm more recollected, then just the use of the name one time and bringing your mind to uh, mind and heart to God. 
Absolutely. Charles, thank you so much for bringing that up. That's, that's a beautiful quotation from the Catechism. The name of Jesus is a powerful, powerful prayer in and of itself. And yeah, you're right. It's when you're trying to be to bring your heart and your mind back to the Lord, just simply invoking the name of Jesus with love can do just that. Um, it, the name of Jesus can be used, you know, at all times. It's really a beautiful prayer in and of itself. That's that's the shortest version of the Jesus prayer. Actually, is just the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that Jesus prayer, you know, that takes us back to that book that you were talking about, Father, um, the Way of the Pilgrim. And again, Charles, thank you for your phone call as well. But in that book, the Way of the Pilgrim, um, you know, it it, it takes this prayer that Jesus kind of talks about in this parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector and both going into the temple to pray. And the tax collector, he has, or I'm sorry, the Pharisee has this attitude of, I'm so glad that I am so good, that I'm not as bad as all these other people around me and look at how good I am. I I fast, I tithe, you know, all of this. The tax collector doesn't even want to come up anywhere close to the front of the temple, just has to stand back, beats his chest, says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And uh, that prayer has been adapted then to call upon the name of Jesus. And maybe you can speak a little bit more about how that prayer has been this kind of focus of continual meditative prayer, calling upon Jesus and just acknowledging who we are in relationship to him. Yeah, I I would say first, I I know we're getting short on time. Uh, The book, The Way of a Pilgrim, is an absolutely wonderful, wonderful book. It's from the Eastern Church. um, And it's it's this anonymous, it's the writings of this anonymous Russian pilgrim who seeks out spiritual guides, who is trying to learn how to pray without ceasing. So it's just really beautiful. It's he's he's seeking the what what is called the prayer of the heart, the um, which is the, the Jesus prayer. So, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. That's, that's kind of one of the shorter versions, or the longest version. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yeah. And so he's asking, he's asking all of these spiritual guides and these, and these uh, you know, folks who are more advanced in, than he is in the entire life, how to have that true prayer of the heart in his life. And so he speaks to one of the elders, and this is, this is from the book, The Way of the Pilgrim. The elder calls the Jesus prayer this. The ceaseless interior Jesus prayer is a continuous, uninterrupted calling on the holy name of Jesus Christ with the lips, mind, and heart. And in the awareness of his abiding presence, it is a plea for his blessing in all undertakings, in all places, at all times, even in sleep. Mm. The words of the prayer are, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Yeah, it's so, so beautiful. You know, another one that comes to mind is that image that, uh, of divine mercy and the words we see there at the bottom. Jesus, yeah. I trust in you. Another great, Absolutely. just simple prayer that we can just repeat again and again. Father, yeah. the hour just flew by. Uh, so nice to have you here yeah, on the show. Uh, we've got about 20 seconds. Can I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners as we conclude. Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks so much, Father Adam. Look forward to speaking with you again in the future. And uh, thank you for being a part of the program and listening. Of course, if you joined us late, find the podcast, RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And I hope you pick up that book that Father Adam was talking about, The Way of the Pilgrim. Hope to see you back here tomorrow, too, as we talk about the archangels on the inner life.